Welcome to the uh, very first podcast of Cars Over Coffee. Uh, my name's Mark, I'm joined by Bert, and basically the concept is dead simple. We're just two guys in that enjoy cars. We're going to talk about all things um, cars and vehicle-related over a cup of coffee, and once the cups of coffee have been drunk, um, that's the end of the show. Um, so, you know, hopefully you'll uh, you'll enjoy listening it's not going to be too tech or engineering heavy. We're we're not car engineers. Um, I think we know how to fix a car. Do we? Do we know how to fix a car? Dodgy, very dodgily, yes. Dodgily, yeah. yeah. A yeah. load of duct tape and duct w- tape and a bit of fiberglass, yeah, basically. <laughs> WD forty, and it'll, <laughs> it'll get you home. But we do have a passion for for all things um, motoring. So um, in today's episode, we're going to talk about cars that were released sixty years ago this year um and that takes us back to 1962 um height of the of the cold war america being a huge economic powerhouse um, and the uk severely in in debt and a constant amount of austerity i suppose not a lot has changed since 1962 um but we're going to talk about the cars that were released back then so what what's 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 uh what's your favorite car from 1962 well, as you know, you said 1962, and um, I didn't stick to the brief very well. But uh, I haven't put them in a list. I've just picked cars that I like from that, from 1962. So the top of the list, not necessarily my favourite, is the Rover P5, the Mark II version, which was introduced in 1962. Um, I think one of the most exciting features of the Rover P5 was it had more power? And then, that was a, then. Then what? It was a then 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 the the other P five that was the year before. Oh wow! They they upped the power then between sixty one oh, yeah. and sixty two, and it was a hundred and twenty nine horsepower. Wow! So so that's something very exciting to uh, and a three liter engine. A, a three liter what? A, a straight six? I can't tell if it's a straight six or not. A, a three liter engine that only generates how, how many horsepower? One hundred and twenty nine horsepower. It seems dramatically underpowered, or the car is just <laughs> very heavy, heavy, heavy as anything. That makes sense. That's why they probably improved the suspension. <laughs> what since the nineteen sixty one version? Apparently so. God, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot simpler back then with, with Rovers. I, I, I mean, I, I, I particularly like the from, from one extreme to the other. In the Alpha, we may owe. Julia, it's the first year it was it was introduced. Um, a whole range of Julia cars that continue to to this day. Oh, yeah, definitely does. Yeah. E- even though it's just a glorified Fiat now. Well, we know someone who's got a Julia, don't we? Is it a Julia? Yeah. It, it, it yes, it is Julia. Julia. Yes. yes. Yeah, I like to say it's a Mito because that gets on his nerves. Yeah, which is effectively just a Fiat Five Hundred. <laughs> um, but the original Alfa Romeo Julia um had ninety one, ninety one brake horsepower. I don't like it because of its power. No, I know it's it's more cosmetic. It, it's the styling. It, it's it's got a it's got a cute little face for for a four door car, which isn't gigantic, but comfortably could fit five. Yeah, or even more on on, on the rear seats. I like the hardtop version as well. Yeah, um, they 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 produced the um, Alfa Romeo Julie until nineteen seventy eight, and then they stopped it until they relaunched it in in, in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the Fiat Five Hundred. Yes, yeah. There's a there's a 
yeah, there's a theme with Italian cars, isn't there? They stop, they stop production, and they leave it for forty years before. It's like they've run out of ideas. So That's right. Brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, go on. You've you've done your rover. What's your what's your next one? Another one is the Mini Cooper. That that wasn't released in 1962, then. Yeah, but they have different versions that they. Oh, released. you've you've gone down to the versions. I've just gone down to cars what, that was just launched. What's first? Yes, I thought you might, but because I didn't do my research properly, you've just cheated. I'm cutting then. hairs. Yeah, yeah, I'm splitting just, hairs here. Yeah. So really, on the very first episode, you've you've cheated. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Because I I did my research and then realised I'd done it wrong. But I couldn't be bothered then to do my research properly, so I thought I'd just try and get away with um, cars that come out in 1962. Or, I don't or, know if it was specifically... Or in the decade, in the decade of the 60s. I don't specifically say it had to be introduced for the first time in 1962. Well, that's what I went with. In Which one... makes more sense, to be honest. Yeah. Well... Because you can just get any car that <laughs> comes out every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one thing, one thing, one thing that did come out, which was new, mm. in nineteen sixty two, was the Ferrari two hundred and fifty GTO. Oh, I think I might have that on my list. Which, which is a beautiful, absolutely beautiful car. Um, when when it when it was new, it was worth um eighteen thousand dollars in the in the US. Um, which actually comes to today at about half a million quid. Yeah. Which is cheap because you never get a car for, well, a, a Ferrari GTO for half a million pounds today. That yeah. worth well in excess of that. That that that's a beautiful car, which makes you think. Well, where did Ferrari go wrong? Because I don't think. I don't. Ferrari is a, a funny company, really. I, I like Ferraris. I could never see myself driving a Ferrari. Um, not because I haven't got the money, but more because I just don't think it's my style. But then you're talking to someone who likes Rovers, so there you go. But, um, yeah. There's no similarity between a Rover and a Ferrari <laughs> in any way. No, because if they had the same brake horsepower for some reason, the Rover would be way slower. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, the, the 250 was a lovely car. Absolutely stunning. And I, I know Ferrari also had the 27 GTB out. Um and that was another wonderfully done car. But the, the Ferrari 250 GTO, that was a V12, I think, wasn't it? Oh, you're asking now. I have to, have to Google this, shamefully. But what, so, I, I, so when I looked this up on, the, on Google, they said that uh, the Ferrari 25 GTO, uh, best of all, they're a fraction of the price on the collector, collector car market. What today? Yeah, but I can't see really? that personally. I've, I've, ne- I've never seen one in in real life. Um, they were V twelves. Yeah, you were correct. Um, CC um, uh, literage um, just under three liter, so it's actually less literage than your Rover P five. Then your P five. <laughs> More cylinders, bigger <laughs> yeah. engine, but um, literage overall. Style-wise, though, the Rover P5 was probably a bit better than the Ferrari no, 25. No, no, absolutely not. There, there's a reason why the Ferrari GTO did not come in beige-brown. Um, absolutely good but There's nothing more British than a beige-brown car. Uh, well, I suppose you could have racing green, but reserve them for your more sportier cars. <laughs> well, the, the other car that came out in, in 1962 from the Italians was the um, Maserati Sebring. Which was a two-door um, coupe, 
200 brake horsepower, mm. which was quick for for 1962, and I, and I just think that that's a that's oh, a beautiful yeah. looking car. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's got it kind of looks a lot like an Aston or a Jag, doesn't it? In a it, way, it does. It, it it reminds me of the of the later Jags uh, in XJ Coupe. Yeah, kind of lines. And Maserati, they were so popular as well, but. You don't see many anymore, do you? No, no. Um, again, they're they're in by fierce. Um, yeah. They they had a checkered checkered history of, of success in in production cars. Only five hundred ninety three of these were ever produced. Wow! So it's an incredibly rare rare car. It's not usually one you see at your car shows in the fields. Like. No, no. Um, and it was it was um, three and a half liter. All around the three liter mark. Was it was it so faster far. than a Rover P five? Um, I'd imagine so. Yes, um, there'd been two hundred brake horsepower when it was released. <laughs> it absolutely was uh, against your one twenty. <laughs> what 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 other cars have you got? Well, this one's a year out. So nineteen sixty three. Right. Okay. <laughs> but in nineteen sixty three, the first Porsche nine eleven. Really? Yeah. And they've never changed it. Well, no, not really, Adley. It's the same car, basically. But, um, I mean, that is iconic. It's an iconic car. Yeah, what what, what engine was in it, then? The same? What, the same as it is now? Well, no. well, not, well not the same engine, but... I don't, I don't know what engine was in it. I never looked it up. <laughs> we just judge cars on how good they look and sound. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, if not, the Rover P5 wouldn't be in, in the list, would it? No. Um, if you're if you're listening and you're and you're really you're really into your cars and you're probably thinking, what the hell are these two guys talking about? You know, we don't <laughs> claim to be um, to be engineers um, or, or really interested in, in what what goes on underneath the engine. It's more how it looks, how it feels, how it makes you feel, um, which is appealing. Yeah, well, that's appealing it. to us. 130 HP it had, and it was near enough a two liter engine. Wow. Yeah, well, I suppose it's it's very small. It would have been like yeah, they were so. they were they were death traps as well. Oh yes, a lot of celebrities have died in Porsches, haven't they? Yes, over the years. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Porsche is incredibly safe car now, but 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 back in the very early days, they were um, they were known not to be uh, particularly safe. Um, but then, what what car was in nineteen sixty two? Seatbelts weren't uh, weren't mandatory. No, no, they weren't in most cars. They weren't even put in. Um, How does that apply now to the UK roads? Where if you have a classic car with no seatbelt, if, if you if you haven't retrofitted them, mm. um, and the car was manufactured at the point um, when seatbelts weren't um, a legal requirement, you don't have to put them in, um, and you don't have to wear them. Um, however, if your car does have seatbelts, you are required by law to 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 wear them. Ah, okay. That that's that's my understanding of the law. Anyway, I'm 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 not a lawyer. Because some American cars have like three seaters, don't they, in the front with no seat. Oh yeah, um, gigantic gigantic <laughs> benches, um, which actually bring brings us nicely onto 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 my onto my uh, onto my next in in my list of cars released in 1962 was the Plymouth Fury. What a name! Call call a that car Fury. Odd, yeah. The Plymouth Fury was a um, third generation. Um, Plymouth Fury, so I suppose I've kind of gone into your rules there with versions. Um, and it was absolutely gigantic, created by by Chrysler. Um, but it looks amazing. So much chrome yes. on the front of it alone 
could, oh, yeah. could, could sink a small boat. They, they love that chrome in America, didn't Man, they? They, they, they just do everything so much better and bigger. I mean, it, it's a V8, which gave out no power. And they're not quick cars, and probably because the, the weight of the chrome... Say, the yeah. weight's insane. <laughs> <laughs> ...would stop it ripping off, off, off the lights. But... You know, you, you you're comparing the Plymouth Fury there um, to, to to your Rover, um, even really to the Ferrari GTA, which is a beautiful car. The Plymouth Fury just got so much more going, going for it. Um, it. It does look. You can see how aspirational they were in in the states. Yeah. Um, space Age and everything else. It just comes across in in the car. A huge kind of rear tail lights that serve no purpose other than just to look. They look like the original back car, don't they? Yeah, just just looks just looks great. Yeah. No expense spared in the design of that. Exactly. You know, no one came along and said, "We have a budget. You need to cut back on the chrome." Well, they must have had loads of money in America at the time, even fighting cold, the Cold War. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, obviously, um, you couldn't get a right and drive one. What could you imagine driving the Plymouth Fury? And in a little country lane in Britain, it would be, be as wide as <laughs> wide as the roads. <laughs> yeah. um, really, um, what 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 car have you got to go go up against the mighty Plymouth? Oh, let's Fury. go my my dodgy list. Your dodgy list of cars manufactured around 1962, but you focused on the versions <laughs> that came out in 62. Yes, <laughs> so we've got the the Ford Angular. Slash Escort. Nice. Um, similar to the Fury at the back, looks like a downscale version of it. Well, that's it. And again, though, the, the only issue is that this wasn't the first model to come out in 1962. It's just a version of the model. What 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 changed in, in 62? Um, not much, really. Uh, apparently, the windscreen wipers were replaced. Okay. We vac- replaced the vacuum wipers of the previous Angulars. Right. I, I couldn't tell you what vacuum wipers are. Do you have a clue what that means? Um, I can only imagine it's something to do with, with, with how the wipers work in, in the motor. Maybe it worked on the on a vacuum rather than an electric motor. They also had the Angular Super, which was a sporting edition. Nice. Two litre engine. Okay. Um, and they paired it with an all sinking gearbox. Right. What's the isn't the Angular the one in the Harry Potter film? Yes, it is. So yeah. that's it because that that became famous because of those famous films. because of the Harry Potter, yeah, yeah. Before people just they would have seen them in the street in the nine in nineteen sixty two and been like, oh yeah, it's just another just yeah, another just Ford, a car, yeah. Just a car. What what what's is you, you could pick them up for stupid money, um, as in stupidly cheap money, a few years back, and then Harry Potter came out, and then all of a sudden they, oh, they increased it in it's massive, yeah, in value. Yeah, and you see them about the place. It's like Matchbox, are... you know, like the toys. Mm. They never made Ford Angular toys, but they do now because obviously kids want to buy them because of Harry Potter. Yeah, which I suppose is a good good thing because people yeah, are is. getting involved in 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 classic cars again. Yes, definitely. I think that's a good thing too. I mean, like we've just said, people would have looked at that car in 1962 and thought, "That's just a car. I see them all the time." But compared to cars nowadays. Mm. The styling of the cars then was a lot better in my well, even, opinion. Even the Ford Angular is 
looks better, I think, than yeah. most new cars coming out in in twenty twenty two, which we'll we'll be talking about in our, in our next episode. Um, so please please give that a listen um, about cars that we're looking forward to this year. But that was part of this episode. N- no, no. You've, you've not read the brief. No, all, not really. No. no. Well, the brief you sent me in a text message, and so that was lost to bike straight away. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a note to, to send it by pigeon post or something, maybe, so you won't lose it. Yeah, um, that's that's the next episode. We're going to be talking about cars in 2022. But back in 1962, uh, another well, uh, probably one one of my favourite cars, partly because I I owned one once. Um, it was a Triumph Spitfire Mark One, mm. which is an exciting name for a car. Um, Spitfire, yes. of course, after after the plane, um, which is world famous. Basically, um, the Triumph Spitfire came out in '62. Was manufactured up until 1980, so it had a 12-year, well, um, longer than that. My my maths is dreadful. 18-year, 18-year yeah. run. That, yeah. um, four four five marks from memory. Um, ended with the uh, Spitfire 1500 that had a one point. Five four cylinder. The original Spitfire was a one point one um, four cylinder, fifty brake horsepower. Um, in today's money, twenty thousand pounds, which you cannot buy a sports car in today's money, brand new, for no. twenty thousand pounds. So this 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 car really revolutionised um, sporty motoring for for the younger driver. Um, God, they're small though. You you drive them on today's roads, yeah, and they are tiny. Close to like a MX-5, aren't they? Um, smaller. Um, MX-5 feels like a tank in comparison <laughs> to a Triumph Spitfire. Yeah. Um, I had to get rid of mine because I never felt safe in it, just because everything around me was gigantic. Mm, that's the that is the worry, isn't it? But back then, when cars were naturally smaller, um, you wouldn't have felt that. I think that's why so many bad drivers go for SUVs nowadays because they feel very well protected. <laughs> the whole. Broad stroke approach to everyone that drives an SUV is <laughs> yeah. automatically a bad driver. Yeah, so while they don't need to drive good, they can just force you off the road, can't they? Yes. In a big SUV that is impractical for the roads of England. Impractical and looks dreadful. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we're, we're, we're not a fan of the sports utility vehicles. If you want a sports car, get a sports it's car. It's so American, isn't it? Um, it's, it's just American. Yeah, and, you know, but then again, you know, what car manufacturers making a, a Triumph Spitfire equivalent today um, for twenty thousand pounds? It's well, it's it. it's cheaper than a new Corsa. Yes, it is. Which is saying something, isn't yeah. it? So, I think I think actually that that in my list is the best because it 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 made sporty motoring affordable and cool to the younger person, um, and that didn't drive young people into incredibly boring cars, soulless cars like um, Vauxhall Corsas um, or SUVs. Um, and it was um, dramatically underpowered, so you felt quick in it, but actually you, you weren't going very quick at all, so it was safe. That's good, yeah. I mean, I say safe. My, yeah, my, safe it, as you can be in them times. I mean, yeah. I mean, my my that was my dad's first car was a Triumph Spitfire uh, Mark One, and he had an accident in it. He's still alive, though. He does have a nasty scar on his head where he went through the oh, windscreen. Really? Yeah, oh, he went through the windscreen. Yeah, he, he um, he, if if I'm remembering the story correctly, he he, uh, he crashed into something and he and he went through the windscreen and um, missed the tree, luckily. Um, but again, seatbelts weren't weren't mandatory no. back then. It was, was it Saab that was it Saab or, or um, Volvo? Or, 
Was it a Swedish company that invented the seat mount? I, I, I think it might be Saab. And they didn't patent. No. There was no patent. They, they let other competitors Yeah, take it. it on. And I think Mercedes the invented... Um, yeah, that's right. And I think Mercedes invented the uh, the airbag, from memory. And did they patent that? Um, I don't know, but that's why most airbags are SRS. Oh, okay. Because they come from... Wouldn't surprise me if the Germans didn't did did patent it. That's what I was thinking to be honest. <laughs> but we don't know. If if you want to find out the answer to that, you'll 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 have to give give that a Google. Yeah, let us know. Uh, I'm coming to the end of, of my coffee, so no. by the rules of the show, which we've oh, kept we, to we, religiously. Yeah. If I'd known that, I could have just net the coffee. At what the just end it straight show. away? <laughs> Welcome to Cars and Coffee. Thank you for listening. That's the end. Now, um, have you got any any final any final cars? Well, I was going to discuss the Triumph Herald as well. Oh, it also came out at the same year as the Spitfire. The same engine, um, same same. Basically, the Spitfire and the Herald were just different bodies. Yeah. Um, the Herald was four four seater. That's right. Convertible yeah. again. Convertible. Yeah, I think in, it had three types of models. Um, so if you know you could appeal to the the family market also, because that was the the issue. As you say, they were very small cars, and if you had a family, unless you're going to have two cars, which wasn't the thing then, you weren't going to have. Hang on, are you you're talking about the Herald or, or or the Vitesse? Because I thought you were talking about the Vitesse then. The Vitesse is the convertible, which is the same as the Spitfire. Well, so, so yeah, so the Triumph Herald did. It came out in 1959, the original one. Um, but in '62 they released three models of it. Ah, so um, you could get a convertible. That's right. Yeah, they're the same. The the V test was the convertible version of the that's Herald. That's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but can, you can't get a family car now, which is a convertible, <laughs> no. which is affordable. You know, they've got that well, awful Range Rover convertible. Can you imagine in today's nanny state? Um, having some kids in the back of your car with no seatbelts, <laughs> no seatbelts, no headrests, <laughs> no child seats, so they can blow away. That's it. <laughs> Down the M6. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, I suppose there another one. Uh, there's there's two here that are quite interesting: the Austin Healey Mark II BT7 and the Ford Thunderbird 1962 6.4 liter. Good God. I know. Six point. Yeah, you can imagine. Probably the... only as quick as the Rover that we started off yeah. talking about, though. I, I don't imagine it was much, much but quicker. I, I think, like, the Austin Healey 3000 Mark II, it's, that's a beautiful car. And that was the alternative you could go for, I suppose, for the for the, for the Triumph or, like, a Jaguar. Oh, the Austin Healey's were, were very mm. top end um, yeah. at the time. They were they were um, incredibly expensive, as, as they are today, actually. Yes, but there's a not not a lot changed between the marks. Um, I don't know about that one, but some of the things were literally they just changed the indicator and that's they therefore it. said it was a new. Sometimes one. it's a bit more cosmetic, isn't it? Yeah. And, well, that's it. There wasn't much change in it now. Well, um, that's we've, we've we've drunk our coffee. We've chatted about cars released in 1962 or versions of cars which were released in 1962. Or yeah, there, there or or, or there about. <laughs> Basically, we've not kept to the brief. In in the very first episode of Cars well, Over Coffee, done nineteen sixties cars, we would have been here forever. Oh yes, some amazing yeah, cars. Yeah. Which it, the purpose of this is to be concise, quick. We don't want to keep you for hours talking about cars, um, and we don't want to be too too tech heavy. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please share it with your friends. Share it on social media. Um, 
get the word out there that there is a there is a, a car show for for normal people um, who who just enjoy them. Um, and our, our next episode, we'll be talking about the cars we're looking forward to this year in 2022. So please make sure you you catch that when it drops. Um, and as ever, drop us a message with your thoughts. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you.